Congratulations to a Caleb Evans and Tyler Beatty on being selected in the NFL draft this past weekend. What are, in particular, Tyler Beatty's prospects in real life and on the fantasy football field? Plus, another quarterback is visiting Columbia this week. And, believe it or not, more portal news on the gridiron and on the hardwood coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks as always for making this your first listen and thanks for telling a friend. We are free and available on all platforms, yes, including the glorious YouTube as well. But you know what, an exciting weekend for a couple of former Tigers in particular, Caleb Evans surprisingly went in the fourth round of the draft, at least just based on all of the prognostications, right? All of the mock drafts didn't have Evans going quite that high. I think most of us thought that he was going to be drafted, but you know what? After what I thought was a really strong 2021 season for Caleb, I can't say I'm shocked either. I just based on the projections, didn't think we'd hear his name called that much sooner than Tyler Beatty's. But hey, if you're a Caleb Evans, a fourth round selection is a heck of a lot better than being picked in the sixth or the seventh or certainly being an undrafted free agent. And when the Minnesota Vikings actually trade up to come get you, well, that's absolutely massive for that guy because that means he's pretty certain to at least make the team next year. Now, obviously nothing is certain, but man, if you're going to give up draft, draft capital to move up into the fourth round, your squad is going to give you every opportunity to make the team. So even just playing one full year in the NFL can be a life-changing amount of money for most people. So just a really cool thing for a Caleb Evans, a guy who only was at Missouri for one year, but seemed like a good kid and certainly a really productive player on what was obviously a very up-and-down defense last season. But I thought Evans may be the most sturdy of all players on that defense last season. But you know what? Tyler Beatty going in the sixth round, just a couple spots ahead of where Larry Roundtree was drafted by the Los Angeles Chargers last season. Honestly, that surprised me a little bit. I I thought Beatty was quite a bit better of an NFL prospect than Larry Roundtree, and mostly just because I think he's a more well-rounded player, especially in the passing game. Now, if you look at the Baltimore Ravens, they are one of the most run-heavy teams in all of the league, if not the most run-heavy team in the league over the past three, four seasons during the Lamar Jackson era. But you know what? If you look at this Ravens backfield, one thing that really stands out is they've never really thrown the ball to their running back. So I'm starting to think maybe this is a good landing spot for Beatty, not because this is a run-heavy team, but Hopefully the Ravens have decided, hey, we actually need somebody that we can throw a screen pass to every once in a while, for for example. Maybe throw a Texas route to out of a shotgun formation. You know, just any of that kind of stuff that Tyler Beatty has shown the ability to do at his time at Missouri as a pass receiver out of the backfield. Well, maybe there's an actual niche there that Beatty can carve out. So if you look at who is, in my opinion, the likely starter, I'd say... Baltimore would tell you this as well. 
J.K. Dobbins, the former Ohio State Buckeye, he really looked poised to pop and have a really big season last year after a promising rookie year in 2020, but unfortunately it was his knee that popped instead of his game during last year's preseason, and he didn't play at all last last year. Now, the Ravens fully expect him to be back and healthy. He's a really explosive runner, averaged six yards a carry as a rookie, nine touchdowns in, in relatively limited carries. But again, Baltimore has typically not used the running back in the passing game much lately. So again, hopefully that's a niche that Beatty can carve out for himself. Another area I would look at as far as depth goes for Baltimore would be punt and kick returner. Receiver Devin Duvernay handled both of those duties for the Ravens last year. Now, Beatty never returned a punt at Missouri, but he returned quite a few kickoffs during his time to somewhat limited success. But with the different rules in college versus the NFL in terms of kick returns, it's sort of hard to gauge it at this point in the college game because you get so few opportunities. And some of Beatty's opportunities were probably as the secondary returner as well, maybe a short kick, that type of thing. So I'm not really sure what to make of all that. The point is perhaps, especially for a guy who's picked in the sixth round as a running back, more often than not, you're going to need to be able to contribute at least a little bit on special teams. I would say kick returning is probably Beatty's best opportunity in that phase of the football game. And you know what? It's possible because Devin Duvernay, at the very least, I don't think he's going to handle both next year because Baltimore traded away, number one, they traded away Marquise Brown, one of their top receivers, from last season. So Duvernay is going to move up next season. He might even be their number two receiver after Rashad Bateman. So that tells me he might need to take a little bit off of his special teams plate. Again, there's your opportunity if you're Tyler Beatty. Now, obviously, I play fantasy football like I'm sure a lot of you do in this audience. You might be wondering, well, is Tyler Beatty a bit of a fantasy sleeper? Well, I actually, at this point, I, I can't say that he is. With Justice Hill being on that roster still, with Gus Edwards being on that roster, guys that we've seen have been plug-and-play running backs for Baltimore that have been somewhat productive at times. But still, J.K. Dobbins looks to be the guy for sure in Baltimore. So at the very least, if he's going to be healthy heading into week one, I don't see how you can really waste a draft pick on Tyler Beatty at this point. As much as I would love to say that because one of my favorite players from Missouri of the last 10 years or so, I'm just not seeing a path to fantasy relevance without some without a serious another serious injury to J.K. Dobbins, which obviously nobody is rooting for, but injuries happen in the NFL, and to me, anything short of that, I'm, I'm just not really seeing the fantasy value for Beatty at this point. And... Changing gears here a little bit, former Baylor quarterback Gary Bohannon was in town yesterday, actually at the Missouri softball game with Eli Drinkwitz and other members of the football team. So obviously, Eli's still kicking the tires on some different quarterbacks. My first question is, does Missouri really need four scholarship quarterbacks on the roster next season. Well, let's let's try to talk through that particular question, and we've got plenty to get to on the hardwood coming up. But first, I want to tell you about Built Bar, which absolutely is the best-tasting protein bar of all time. And the best part, not only are they delicious, they're healthy as well, 
No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have the best of both world best of both worlds. Easy for me to say, but it is truly that easy because all you have to do is go to built.com and order right now. All built bars and puffs, their puffs variety as well, are covered in 100% real chocolate. Again, that means eat healthy and actually enjoy while you're doing it. Low calorie, low sugar, low carbs, and high in protein. What more could you possibly want? So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Once again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. The Baylor Bears on the football field have certainly been known for offense. They're sort of fast break, read one side of the field, simple but effective style of offense for the past few seasons. But this past year when they won the Big 12, it was mostly defense that I think led the Bears to that title. And to that end, well, their quarterback on that team, Gary Bohannon, is apparently going to be beaten out at starter for this coming season. So he's entered his name into the transfer portal. That's what we do in 2022. That's for darn sure. So the first question is, should Missouri really, really be looking to add a fourth quarterback on scholarship because at this point the transfer portal deadline has now passed now technically we're still gonna have to wait maybe 48 hours or so to know to let paperwork process to, to let the the red tape get cut if you will and then we'll actually find out by say Wednesday I think officially we'll have a good idea of the full number of guys in the transfer portal both on the football side on the basketball side. So my point is, that means that Brady Cook and Tyler Macon aren't going to be transferring at this point. And it sure as heck looks like Sam Horn is coming unless he somehow gets an offer he can't refuse at the MLB level is somehow a first-round pick or just something crazy. Something unexpected happens there. But at this point, I think you have to expect that all three of those guys are going to make their way to Columbia. So if you're Eli Drinkwitz... If you're just kicking the tires, okay, I get it. But at a certain point, are you not undermining the confidence of your quarterback room a little bit? Because if this Gary Bohannon guy is really worth it, well, why isn't he still at Baylor? Why isn't the team that won the Big 12 last year just overly excited to have him as their starting quarterback next year? I'm sorry, that's a pretty big red flag for me. It was funny, I actually happened to see Brady Cook at the midway driving range yesterday and a part of me was thinking oh I should I should say hey Brady what's going on man really believe in you all that kind of stuff and then I remembered oh wait I'm a 39 year old man and I should perhaps (laughs) keep my feelings to myself a little bit I already have a podcast about Missouri that's that's probably good enough right I've already talked in public enough about Brady Cook I don't need to bother him in real life but more to the point while I'm still excited about Brady Cook, you have to question if Eli Drinkwitz is, because even though he says he's still excited about Tyler Macon and Brady, well, once again, his actions are starting to make me wonder a little bit. Now, I guess you could say, hey, maybe this is a backup plan. Maybe maybe Drinkwitz and company really is concerned about the Sam Horn thing. I personally am of the belief that he's going to play football for the Tigers. I just think that if his... 
if his star really is rising to the point where he could be, you know, a second, third, fourth round pick in the MLB draft and get offered some significant money, well, you know what? The way college football is these days, you can get some significant money through name, image, and likeness as well. And I just think that he'll give himself enough time either way to keep increasing that baseball stock or his NFL stock will be pretty good because either way, the kid's clearly got a talented right arm. He's probably going to be a pro one way or the other, it would seem, with two shots at it, I would think. So I just don't think he needs to put all of his eggs into the minor league baseball basket just yet. I think it's just too early in his career to not give up on football. But man, if you take two, three years off of football playing minor league baseball. I I just don't really see him doing that. I think that would be a real negative for his football career, and I just don't really see that happening. So again, if you're Eli Drinkwitz and you continue to just constantly court quarterbacks, you're signaling to the guys in the room that you don't really believe in them that much. Now, on the other hand, if Brady Cook is really good, and I think just about any great quarterback, any great college quarterback would fit this description, if he's really going to be great, well, then there's no really amount of undermining that Drinkwitz is going to do that's going to matter. So, you know what? Come the fall, we'll see what happens. This is big boy football. You can't worry about hurting anybody's feelings that much. I guess my concern is more just, I think I have a different evaluation than Eli Drinkwitz does about the player. And I could easily be wrong. No question about that. These are just my misgivings. And if indeed Missouri is going to add another quarterback, well, they've got to clear some roster space. And a couple more guys have entered the transfer portal. First of all, receiver J.J. Hester. To me, this one's a little bit disappointing because Eli Drinkwitz, well, his first, let's say his first half recruiting class, we'll call it, that 2020 class that was essentially Barry Odom's class, right? But Drinkwitz was hired and ended up retaining a lot of those players. And to me, maybe the highlight name of that class that was retained was J.J. Hester, the receiver from the state of Oklahoma, originally committed to UCLA, a four-star kid, has had some moments at Missouri, but obviously hasn't had certainly enough time to shine yet. And Apparently, with a bunch of additions to that Missouri receiver room, most notably Luther Burden, of course, but some other guys like Mookie Cooper have come into the program. Dominic Lovett has established himself, despite being slightly younger, as ahead of Hester on the depth chart. Look like Chance Looper, probably pretty squarely ahead of him, and maybe even Makai Miller, the true freshman, is going to be challenging for some playing time this coming year as well. So, If Hester saw his playing time a little squeezed, I can't completely blame him for looking around a little bit. But still, I I was just hoping that maybe with another year in the program, maybe this was going to be the Hester breakout that some of us have been waiting for. But obviously, if that's going to happen, not going to be in Columbia. Also, Missouri safety Stacy Brown, who was recently... Got into a little bit of trouble with the law. I'm not going to get into that at all. I have no information whatsoever. But regardless, he'd played sparingly as a backup safety last season with the Tigers. He's entering the transfer portal as well. I don't see this as an enormous loss. I I frankly would would have rather kept around Hester if I had to pick between one of the two guys. I think Missouri has brought in some some promising young guys, including Tyler Hibbler. Also, the transfer from Clemson, who, you'll have to forgive me, his name is escaping me at the moment. 
Darn it, my producer is, is failing me, isn't he? My imaginary producer in my ear, not doing a darn thing at this moment. But again, too bad that Hester's leaving. But Missouri suddenly, although very young at that position, they look like they have a lot of talent. So maybe not the end of the world. Certainly something, though, to note. And by now, you're probably aware that Missouri Player of the Year Luke Northweather of Blair Oak spurned a late offer by Missouri and Dennis Gates to play for Oklahoma. Instead, Porter Moser offered a little bit early, and well, Luke Northweather, apparently that was good enough for him. So you know what? Let's talk about Northweather coming up and if Missouri might regret that late offer for the kid. How does he compare to other Gatorade State Players of the Year? in Missouri. But first, I want to tell you about betonline.ag where, hey, just in a little bit here, a makeup game, the Cardinals and the Royals. Zach Greinke on the mound against Steven Matz. The Royals plus 143 underdogs. The Cardinals are your favorites, minus 155. You know what? I'm not going to tell you to go against my Kansas City Royals. But at the same time, can't feel real confident about their start to the season so far. And Zach Grinke probably on his last legs as a player as well. So do with that information what you will. But regardless, if you're into Major League Baseball, maybe it's boxing, football, golf, hockey, horse racing, martial arts, soccer, tennis, anything you can possibly imagine, they have you covered at betonline.net. Again, all the odds, all the props, even entertainment stuff, they've got you covered. Head to bendonline.net today. Use your mobile device, use your computer, whatever it is, and you'll learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, typically at this point in the recruiting process and in the school year, not a whole lot of high school seniors are going to be getting scholarship offers from major programs like Oklahoma and Missouri. But you know what also happens this time of year, especially in the year 2022? You start looking at your roster and realizing, you know what, I could use another shooter. And that's something that Luke Northweather definitely provides, especially at six foot nine. He's a really intriguing player, without a doubt. I personally felt like he was more likely to maybe go the Missouri Valley Conference route before maybe making his way to the higher majors as a as a transfer at some point in his career. But as I said before, the later you get into the process for teams like Oklahoma and Missouri, you need a big guy who can shoot. Well, those guys don't exactly grow on trees, and hey, what the heck, the Missouri Player of the Year? That sounds pretty good on paper, doesn't it? And also, Northweather, late in the process, was probably going to get a scholarship offer from the Wisconsin Badgers, too, but he canceled that visit at the last second. Obviously, he had made up his mind to go to Oklahoma. Now, it's interesting to note that obviously some Missouri fans are going to be upset about this because they're thinking, what the heck? We have this guy in our backyard. Oklahoma beats us to the punch on offering offering him a scholarship by a couple days or so. And if you're Northweather, maybe you're you're a little bit upset about the whole thing too. You can see why as a competitive kid, you're going, "Hey, what the heck? Where was the now you offer? Now that Oklahoma comes come, comes calling, oh, so now I'm the pretty girl at the dance. Gee, thanks a lot." I don't know how he felt about the whole thing. Maybe he just feels like he's a better fit with Porter Moser and Oklahoma for whatever reason. 
But I just want to say that if you're a Missouri fan and you're mad about this, we'll be mad at Conzo Martin. Because Conzo Martin and his staff for the last couple years have had all the opportunities in the world to evaluate a kid that obviously they're very aware of. Now, Dennis Gates, on the other hand, he's been at Cleveland State, all right? He's not paying attention to what's happening in in mid-Missouri as much as the Missouri coaching staff should be. Dennis Gates has been here for about four and a half seconds, right? Or realistically, 40 days or so, a month and a half about. How much of his limited time is he supposed to to devote to a kid who previously didn't have any other high major offers? Previously to Oklahoma offering about a week ago, I think, his best offer was Wyoming, okay? And just because he's the Missouri Player of the Year, well, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a useful High, or excuse me, a useful college basketball player. Because you go back and you look at this award in this millennium since the year 2000, I mean, the range could not be more ridiculous on these players. I mean, really. You've got some guys that I've literally never even heard of that have won this award, a few of those guys, and then guys that you remember like, oh, Kalen Grimes won this award? Oh, Spencer Laurie won this award, and you remember, okay, so it's not exactly a sure thing that you're going to be a great player. But then on the other hand, yes, you do have Jason Tatum as a three-time winner. Hey, I've heard of him, right? Bradley Beal, another two-time winner. But then, you've again, you've got guys like former Missouri guard Torrance Watson. You've got Aminu Muhammad, who is the Grover Cleveland as the non-consecutive winner. He's the bread to Caleb Love's meat of that sandwich in 2020. So again, a really wide range there. Aminu Muhammad was pretty bad for Georgetown this past season. A low efficiency, really frequent shooter as a guard. Well, Caleb Love was obviously excellent in the tournament. Missouri really wishes they would have gotten him. But when you look at the end of the day here, The only guys that Missouri missed out on that they didn't offer a scholarship and that actually mattered, well, that was Alec Burks in 2009. No question Missouri would have liked to have had him in retrospect. But everybody else, it's not as though Missouri didn't offer Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum and and Tyler Hansbrough scholarships, okay? So if Northweather ends up being a guy that Missouri regrets not taking, well, that's actually going to be the exception and not the rule. So just something to keep in mind there. And I do think there's a world where we could look back in a couple years and go, dang, we really missed out on that Northweather kid. He could have really been helpful for Missouri. At the same time, I don't see a scenario where he's going to be the best player on his team or anything like that. I could totally be wrong, but at the same time, I just think you got to go with what's most likely to happen. And if you're Dennis Gates, again, He's been, on, he's been in Missouri, mid-Missouri, for about a month and a half. To expect him to use a huge amount of his limited resources on a kid who previously had no high major offers until about a week ago, I just don't think that's realistic. Now, if you want to get mad at Conzo Martin and his staff, that is more realistic and fair. But again, we got to move forward with the new staff, and if Northweather's the biggest thing we miss out on, I think we'll be okay. 
So thanks once again for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day. Coming up this week, I'm going to talk with recruiting expert, the newest member of the Locked on team, in fact, John Garcia, about Tiger football recruiting. Now make your second listen, Locked on SEC. Get all of your daily SEC news in less than 30 minutes with SEC expert Chris Gordy. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.